Hello, and thank you for tuning in to the Attack and Release Show. This is the Christmas edition. What is ho, the date after? Ho, <laughs> Many hoes indeed. Many hoes indeed. This will be on December 15th. Woo! It looks like when this one will be airing. So we will be 10 days looking to Christmas. Yes, get your gift shopping done. It's not too late, technically. There you go. I was trying to think of like a naughty or nice joke. Didn't really, didn't really work that well. Oh, well. We're recording this. It's October 27th. So it's kind of like there's Christmas direct like decorations in Lowe's and Depot and all that stuff. Yes, there are. I don't know. I don't know if I'm in the spirit yet, but we're going to put some music on in the background and like, I don't know, Bells for Days, perhaps. Bellsfordays.com. Bells for Days. <laughs> Bells of all sizes. I'm in the Christmas spirit. I've probably mastered like probably eight Christmas songs already. Last year was like the year of Christmas songs for me. This year, I've only gotten one. Yeah, I bet they'll start rolling in. It's a hair early. I did a bunch of, I was telling you, Halloween True. songs this year, which was brand new. That one's new. weird. Yeah, I had like about 10 Halloween-themed concepts. You know, vampires, uh, viral, a um, bunch of different different uh, different pop tunes. Which is smart. I get a lot me. of Valentine songs. Do you get Valentine songs? Like, and they're Ooh. never happy. I don't know. I was like, <laughs> I was like lonely on. Valentine's I've never thought Day. about during that time if what I'm getting is Valentine specific because it's probably just like heartbreak, which is typical. <laughs> typical no, normally, pop. it says like something about Valentine's. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have. Um, what are other dates that you get songs for? I get a bunch of Easter for the. Oh yeah, the, the churches usually. You do. Um, That's like a mad brush. Yeah. Like the week before Easter. Fourth of July, I usually get some country stuff leading up to it. It's a, uh, patriotic, more patriotic type country songs. Love patriotic songs. Um, I usually get that like June, May, June. Um, yeah, Halloween was a new one. Christmas is, is usually pretty steady. Um, there's always obviously like a bunch of summer vibes. Summer sure. type. But um, yeah. That's kind of kind of what I get. So you know, for our listeners, you ever get like any like kind of Dropkick Murphy type stuff for St. Patty's Day? Um, that'd be legit. You know, I don't, I don't, can't remember specifically. I would say no off the top of my head, <laughs> but that doesn't mean it hasn't Larry. happened. So all right. Okay. So anyway, yes, ten days to Christmas. <laughs> I don't have a Christmas list together yet. Do you have a Christmas list, Sam? Oh, yeah, I do. It started in October. My wife has it. Uh, we start early in our household. Um, and I'm excited. I'm always difficult because yeah. I never know what I want. Well, I also feel bad people buying things for me. Well, I don't feel bad if my wife's buying things for me. It's kind of my car money, so it's me buying things. <laughs> but this year, here's my list. I'll read it quickly. VR. I want to get into VR. I have a couple watches on there, Matt, that you helped me uh, solidify. Oh. Pair Jordans. A couple uh, Drake October very own sweatshirt hat. Here's here's a fun one. I want a commercial meat slicer. Like Whoa. where you can, you know, slice your own meat. I want you gonna that. do like a carpaccio or carpaccio? I don't think I know what that means to be honest. 
it's kind of like I don't know. I've seen it a lot with like, like you see like restaurants kind of doing like an octopus carpaccio. They kind of make oh. like an octopus. It's gonna sound gross. People are gonna throw up, but with like Christmas bells in the background. It's like you put like 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 the fancy Italian places. They'll make kind of like a lot like an octopus like loaf, hmm. and then you slice it on a meat slicer like really really thin. Yeah. And you put, I don't, like, I'm, I'm assuming it's cooked in some way. I don't I'm know how sure to cook it. it. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's not alive. Yeah, I don't, weird. you know, I, maybe I've had that, don't know. I'll have to look this up but and yeah, send it to you. I got that You have to, on like, there. find all these weird things to make. Right. I just, you know, sometimes I smoke. Those are expensive. Smoke meat. Uh, yeah, they, they range, you know, from cheap to expensive. So, you can kind of pay what you want. You know, if you go <laughs> online, you can find them cheaper. Um... You know, than more expensive, but you know, I'll probably, I'll probably buy. I mean, the one I want is a is a bit more pricey, just because you know I want it for life. I'm gonna be slicing meat for life, so you know, I'm gonna invest into to a solid right stainless steel. Nice, yeah. Um, so anyway, you could probably find like a restaurant or a deli that's going out of business getting rid of theirs. You know, I probably could. Um, I just sent you what octopus carpaccio looks like. <laughs> It's delicious. It looks kind of weird, but it's like the best thing you've never had. Did anyway, you uh, text it to me? Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. It's delicious. Yeah. That's cool. But like, if you think about how it's made, you got to make it into kind of like, you know, like a bologna or yeah, like, a like a loaf. Like a, like yeah. A, yeah. And totally. then you just kind of put that on the thing. Yeah. It's great. So, yeah. Great. Anyway. Anyway. Merry what Christmas, else you future. Um, I actually don't have a, uh, like a proper kitchen stand mixer. Um, and I've wanted one of those for my pizza dough creations, creating. I usually need everything by hand, which is, uh. Like one of those kitchen aids? Yeah. Like one of those. Oh, we got one for our wedding. Stand ones. Um, surprisingly, I don't have that. I have a hand mixer and then I have my hands, of course. Like just your hands? <laughs> Yeah, you mean your hands? I hand. have two hand mixers. <laughs> I have two hand mixers. Um, no, I have the you know a hand mixer that has like the beater the beaters on it. I think that's what they're called. Yeah, I think that thing's called a hand mixer, isn't it? Just that small. I don't know. That small. Anyway, um, that's kind of the extent of the list outside of world peace and puppies for everyone. <laughs> I do have so a, bad. I like I do have like a list of like three things. Oh. Or like two things. I want an I want like a knife set for like carving big chunks of meat. Oh yes. Vikings would just call that an axe. Yeah. But uh -huh. swords axe. Like no, like you do like a brisket and you like you like you have the people at the weddings with like the big old long knife. So you're not like Like a carving set? Yeah, so you can like like cut up brisket or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like brisket. I also want to make a pastrami, so I'm like, I don't want to like screw up cutting that because you're like like, I don't know, eight days brining it, 20 hours smoking it. I don't mm -hmm. want to screw that bad boy up. It's true. So I want one of those, and then I just want a Salty Dog t-shirt. That's a place down in Hilton Head. I don't know why I want one. There's I think that's a, for my in-laws because they're going to be asking what I want. So I was like, all right, you can go to the Salty Dog, which is like four miles from their house. and go get There's a, shirt. A, a Salty Dog in uh, Lake of the Ozarks that I used to go to every year. I don't uh. know if it's the same. It probably is. It's like the dog in like the rain hat. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's like the it's like one of the most recognized logos in the world somehow. Yeah, I've been there in Missouri. Well, there you go. 
So okay. they're going to ask me what I want, so I'm going to say I want a salty dog shirt. Love that. I think Hilton Head was the OG location. Yeah. But, I don't know. Good drinks. Mediocre food. Salty dog. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Podcast. I don't know. Not really that difficult of a person. My wife would probably differ on that. Anywho, today's episode. Yes. I think will be a pretty necessary one. Are the bells still going? Probably. I don't know. I might have changed. Are you going to auto tune that right there? (laughs) Yeah, I will. Don't worry. I know you. I mean, I'll probably have bells going going, into year five. But I like transitioning into like little uh, loop ditties I've been doing lately, which I like. You're really good at it. Yeah, it's fun. Um, okay, so... Wrapping up year four. Wrapping up year going four. Going into year five of this podcast. Yes. And so today, we're going to be talking about how you should more than likely be preparing yourself, your mind, your business, and all that jazz for next year. 2022. 2022. And this should kind of be like, in general, like the end of the year... Like small business checklist. Yes. At least for me, that's kind of how I'm viewing this episode. Love that. So, me too. But first, first, we got some housekeeping. <laughs> Sam put on the sequin. Oh my gosh. <laughs> put on the sequin jacket. Tell the people what they want. I want to put on my Santa costume this time. Oh, dang. Is it a sequin Santa costume? Yes, obviously. Or it's kind of like from like Santa Claus 3 where like oh. Tim, Tim Tim Allen has like the really shiny Santa costume that doesn't catch on fire. I love Santa Claus. Santa Claus 2 is low-key so incredible, incredible sequel. It's okay. <sighs> I, Santa Claus 1, though. Santa uh, Claus 2, the, OG. the robot Santa has some zingers of lines when he's drinking hot chocolate and getting a buzz on from hot <laughs> chocolate. Hilarious. Um, a little adult humor in that movie, you know, that you don't realize as a kid. And then, oh, Home Alone. Classic. Can't forget Home Alone. Yep. We need to do You're housekeeping. filthy animal. <laughs> yeah. All right, do housekeeping. Uh, friends. Um, over the next week or two during your holiday uh, break, if you take a break, please take two minutes and like, share, subscribe to our show. It helps a ton. We've found that when you share it on Instagram, if you like screenshot an episode and tag Matt and I on our personal accounts, um, most mastering or for the record mastering, um, you help us a ton and then we repost it to our thousands of followers and then we have some cross marketing going on and that helps everybody out actually so if you could take like two minutes over the next week that's all i'm asking just two minutes over the next seven days maybe even now just pause and go share the show with uh with your followers or with a friend uh that would be lovely and uh wish you a merry christmas on this housekeeping edition. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. I like that. I got caught right there at the end. <clears throat> you getting old? We're back. Yep. Yep. <laughs> getting old. Nice. That's, that's housekeeping. That's housekeeping. Great. All right. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Are you singing our song? 
Yeah. That's the outro, right? Yeah, it's great. All right, cool. Someone came came in my office and I was a little distracted, so I'm sorry. (laughs) Anywho. Here we go. Hopping in. Hopping in. To preparing yourself, your business for 2022. Yes. Sam. Matt. What's the first way that you suggest, or what what are you going to do? Oh, great question. Yeah. Thanks. Huh, just great. Yeah, so good. Oh fly. my gosh. Yeah, great. Um, okay, so what am I doing? So I kind of wrote down some things for this episode, which is very odd. Um, but I wanted to jot down my thoughts. And it's basically what I feel like are my um my my core values, the things I must do. Um, insert buzzword. Core values yeah, for your business. Yeah, blah. No. Oh man. I know. I know. I didn't like that saying S-corp that. Life you have to have it all together. <laughs> That's right. We got it. We we go over in our annual meeting. That's in my oh. folder here. Um, okay, but for real, for real, here are some things that I think about and I'm thinking about this year. And these are similar things that I've done the last few years, which stick around um, because. Each year, each year. So I've been doing this for, um, I've been in Nashville, this will be nine years coming up next year, which is wild. And obviously I've been, we've talked about before, but I've been mastering records for probably like 12 years, I think at this stage. So um, I have lots of growth over the last 10 to 12 years here. And these are the things that I've found to be like absolutely necessary and things I go over um, in preparation for each year. Number one, this is kind of like a general mantra I have, which is like, it's not even a mantra. It's just a word, consistency. And for me, that means showing up every day. And the word consistency to me over the last 10 years has become this like hallmark characteristic of what I define a professional as or a great business as is consistency. And I think, and I've said it before, that one of the biggest um, factors that separates an amateur from a professional is consistency. And with mastering, that gets into like consistency of being able to troubleshoot anything that gets sent your way because we're getting sent tons of different mixes from tons of different sourcing and mixers and we have to I call it troubleshooting that might be a little dramatic but we have to make it all feel cohesive to compete in the market people want to compete in that to me as I've noticed over the last I don't know five years as I feel like I've really kind of become more consistent in being able to handle anything that comes my way and being able to return something that will compete in the market the client wants to compete in, that is a massive uh, you know, marker or game changer thing that I find mm. most people um, lack in is consistency. When I first started my business, I was not very consistent in even prepping for the next year. I was not consistent in prepping for the next week or month. And I learned quickly because I wasn't making much money and I felt like, how do you run a business? How do you make this work beyond just mastering records? Because mastering records is just like a very small part in the larger scale of what a business is. But I've found that being consistent and doing baby steps 
every day is like the key to having an awesome business. And within that, I have found there are two things I think about. Goals and objectives. So those are different things to me. And goals are basically, for me, general statements or concepts that explain what you're trying to achieve in your business or the service you're offering. So for me, goals are normally long-term for the year and even beyond. And it's kind of like a 10,000-foot view or vision. Goals are super necessary to figure out where the heck you're going. And you have to have goals in order to be consistent. Within goals, there's objectives for me. And objectives define and set the boundaries and implement strategies to help me get to my goals. So this is like a step-by-step. We talk about reverse engineering type of thing. And my objectives often uh, contain things that I can measure, like super specific things. Um, it's kind of like the the phrase, what gets measured gets done. That hmm. is in objectives. So my objectives have dates, they have times, they have financial goals, they have clients, they have all sorts of specific things that help me reverse engineer my way to my goals. The way I complete my objectives and goals is by being consistent every day. So like an example of a goal might be <laughs> long term, like for you listening out there, I want to open a full service mastering facility by 2025, say, like a full commercial studio. And then your objective might be like, I need to make a list of lenders that I'm going to speak with in order to build my mastering facility. Or I need to make a list of contractors to talk with to figure out budget and scale of work for my facility. And I'm going to do all this by January 30th, 2022. And I will have called 10 people by February 5th and follow-ups, blah, 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 blah. So super specific. So I have goals, which are like general long-term things written down for this year, next year, five years. I kind of have a rotating 10-year goal thing going, which I stole from one of my mentors um, who basically has a rotating 10-year list of goals. So a lot of times people will say like, hey, what's your one year and five year and where do you see yourself in 10 years? So you do that one mm-hmm. year, but then the next year, you technically have lost a year, so you have nine years. So you need to tack on the next year. What's happening after that year that you've just moved forward towards? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm always adding the next year onto my kind of 10-year goal. Um, and then the objectives... I'm heavy into objectives for the year. I'm not super heavy into objectives past a year because things are always shifting. So you have to constantly be reevaluating. But consistency in doing all these things is the key. Literally showing up every day, preparing for 2022, uh, you will have the best year of your life, of your career, if you just show up every day and put a dedicated amount of time into your objectives and goals. There are so many people that I meet that I have watched come and go in town or they look at me and go, how, how did you do this? How did you create you know this large business? And it literally started from nothing, zero. 
And I just showed up every day. And that doesn't mean I had the answers from day one. There's so many failures and things mm-hmm. that have happened and <clears throat> things I've had to learn and ask for help. And there's been good months and bad months and overall great years. But you have to be willing to show up every day and you have to be consistent, consistent in the service you offer, consistent in your studying and investment in yourself, consistent into, for me, a lot changed. Like f- it'll be four years ago, kind of when we started this podcast, I started posting on social media consistently every day, um, like the day of the year. And I posted my schedule for multiple years. Mm-hmm. And I found that to be so helpful in engaging in the community. Uh, that was around me in Nashville here. And I still post every day basically on my story about what I'm up to and things I like. And I find that consistency to be super helpful in marketing. So those are kind of my my opening big things. Consistency is super, super important. And within that, <clears throat> goals and objectives. You have to have goals. You have to have the 10,000-foot view. And then you have to have objectives, which are going to be the small, specific things in which you can measure tangibly measure the return or you know is it is it going well or is this working not working those objectives will get you to the goals and consistency will help in all that so that's my opening monologue for christmas <laughs> christmas bells christmasbells.com matt what do you think is important to you what are you doing in preparation for 2022 Talk to me, businessman. Well, first of all, um, even down to like not the not necessarily the small business side of things, but just in like the mastering side of things, when it comes to <clears throat> um, when it comes to consistency, it's like kind of like the peace of mind that like a client has being able to like hand off like a mix that's ready to go to mastering. Yeah. And just the peace of mind knowing that that mix is in good hands and they're going to receive back the best possible version that that mix could become time and time and time and time again. Not saying that like all your stuff is going to sound the same or alike, but just knowing that it's going to sound as best as it can every single time they hand it to you. That's the type of consistency that that brings back like clients, return clients, bands, producers, mix engineers, et cetera. Like even, I mean, even down to like producers and mix engineers, that's why people come back. And just, and if they don't come back, that doesn't mean anything against you or like, oh, well, you sucked in this project. That doesn't mean that. Maybe they just want a different flavor and they go to somebody else who, um, they're like, oh yeah, man, I really, uh, I really miss doing business with this other dude. It's like, it was kind of like, like I knew what I was going to get and it was exactly what was in my head. And so... It's like being able to consistently deliver on that stuff is super important. I like the whole <clears throat> I like the whole rotating 10-year list of goals and I'll probably get into this in the next part. It's really hard for me to make like goals that far out. It's like, yeah. man, that's like 2032. Right. I just I don't know add, what I want yeah. to do like tomorrow for breakfast. Right. I just want to add a quick disclaimer that yeah. those goals usually don't they end up happening on some level like the general idea but it's always shifting like i've rarely been correct but i've been correct on like the trajectory which is kind of like a larger goal of like 
am I happy? Is my wife happy? Like, do I enjoy what I'm doing? So I'll leave it at yeah. that. Hand off back to you. It's like, personally, I can set goals for myself. Like, I think that would be cool within the next 10 years. It's like, shit, I'll be like looking down the barrel of 43 yeah. in 10 years. You'll be staring down the barrel of 44 in 10 years. Right. That's a long way away. Right. And so I feel like... It's kind of like, like I always do these tangents, like my cousin got a cat and him and his new wife wanted a cat and they got a six month old cat. And I said, dude, you know how long this things live? He's 30 right now. He's like, how long? I said, 20 years. He's like, yeah, 20 years is a long time. I said, you're going to be 50 when that thing croaks. He's like, that's a long time. <laughs> I said, that's a long commitment, man. So I said, whatever you're making your 10-year, 20-year plans, that cat may still be there. Um, so uh, it's like I know what I probably like, like, like dream would like to do personally in 10 years. I think it'd be fun for me personally to get back into flying in some capacity. I've always thought it'd be cool if I were to take like my pilot's license that I have and they kind of like re-up that, which wouldn't take a lot. It would just like redoing my medical and then like a biannual flight review and then getting checked out on the plane. Total of like five or six hours worth of work. And then like, I don't know, maybe like a thousand bucks just to get back in the air. Um, like for all the little fees and stuff you have to like catch up on and update your licenses and everything. Besides that, like everything's good to go. And I think it'd be fun to learn how to fly a helicopter. Yeah. That would be a fun 10-year goal. But I don't, as far as like the mastering business, I don't know where I want it to be in 10 years. It's always, it's always stumped to me. So anyway, on to mine, which segues onto this. And I say this every single year so y'all know what's about to come out of my mouth. I think that around this time of year is a perfect time of year. It's like, it's December 15th and you're going to go through Christmas and all this stuff. So don't worry about this right now. Here's when you do this. You can do this right now, but I don't think you're going to have the time right now because it's December 15th. It's right before Christmas. You got like all the things going on. But when's the perfect time to do this? So I'm looking at a calendar right now. Monday, December 27th through... Friday, December 31st. You can even stretch this until Sunday, January 2nd. And what is this period of time? This is what I call the 13th month. This is the lost month. You don't know what time it is. You don't know what day it is. You've eaten way too much. You feel horrible about yourself. You look in the mirror and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And... You don't know what day it is. You don't know anything. Like, is it? Do I have to work today? Are we off this day? You don't really ever know. There's fireworks this day. Oh, what the, oh, what, what the heck day is this? Um, people are throwing out Christmas trees, but it's not quite yeah, time to do that or whatever you decide. I think this is the perfect week. If you're listening to this on December 15th, like kind of plan mentally... But this, I think, is the week, is the stretch of like seven days, six days to get this thing done. And so this is right after Christmas. No one knows what's going on. And this is you need to make a business plan for 2022. That is my first one. Um, I think it's a pretty easy thing to do. And I think that generally you can get anything you want. I mean, obviously within reason if you plan for it to happen. 
So what is this little thing? And I can put a little, I can put a little link in this. Uh, sorry, I got like burps for days right now. I can put a little link in the in the liner notes of this podcast. Essentially, you want to identify who you will work with in 2022. Who who are the clients you are working with? Who are the clients you want to work with? Is there anyone you kind of want to shed? <laughs> is there any like is there any fat you want to trim? You know, it's the first of the year, some, some maybe some time to trim some fat. So it's like it's like I don't know, maybe I don't want to do any more free work. Maybe I maybe I want to take on some free work. Maybe I want to I don't know, do X, Y, or Z. This is kind of like who you will work with. Okay. Next one, projected and targeted workload. So what are what is the money and where where are the sources of that money going to come from? If it's mastering, then obviously you know where that's going to come from. But are you going to offer any additional things uh, like alongside mastering? Or it's like as far as like production, maybe it's time to stop kind of like bullshitting around with like your money and you're like, you know what, maybe like someone who wants to come in at like random times and stuff like that. Oh, can we have like two or three hours here? It's like, ah, well, okay, now it's time to do a day rate and maybe a half day or a full day or something like that. And so like, like actually like, like say, nope, these are my rates and it doesn't matter whether you talk to me the whole time or do whatever. Um, this is the time that you're in here. If you're in here past this time, then it goes from a half day to a full day. So you're projected and then your targeted workload, um, the money and sources by, by which that'll come by. So like, for instance, it's like if you're going to raise your rate, but maybe you want to grandfather some people in, then maybe just kind of like jot some of those notes down. Um, and then you have like an abbreviated marketing plan. So like, for instance, how will you be found? Um, and this is just like how you're going to reach out to this targeted workload and targeted market and stuff like that. So how you are going to reach out to this. And it does, these don't have to be like a lot of ways and you don't have to do anything crazy formal like you're giving to a bank. This is just for you and for you to know. And you can lie to me and tell me you've done this all you want, but... <laughs> Uh, if you don't plan for it, it won't happen. Um, the next one is uh, who is your competition slash community? So, i.e., who else is doing what you do? It's really good to really know, identify, and me personally to essentially form a community with people who are doing what I am also doing. So it's like I see some other dudes in town who are doing mastering stuff. I'm... Like when I see them release something, I'm going to totally reach out to them. And if I like it, I'm going to tell them, hey, I really like this. You did a really good job. What'd you do here? I'd like and just start a relationship. Go grab a beer. Maybe you can bitch about a client you share. I don't know. Anyway, uh, who is your competition? Who is your community? And maybe they're one and the same. And then the last three, you have your one-year goals. This is like super right in front of you, tangible things. Where are you headed short term? Next, you have your three-year goals. This one is normally difficult for me because it's in between this one and the last one. And it's kind of like, well, the last one is five-year goals. And so it's like one year is kind of like immediate and five years is like, oh yeah, a little pipe dream. I don't do 10. I, I, I don't know. I kind of have a problem with doing that far out. 
But three years got to kind of be a little bit of a roadmap to a five. <laughs> so one is where are you headed short term? Three years is what are you working towards? And five year is the working towards, like your long-term dream. And then you can add like a rotating 10-year, which technically your five-year should be a little bit of a roadmap too. Um, but anyway, that's my abbreviated like annual business plan that I'll sit down and it's like if I can go to a cigar shop or if I can just go do whatever and just kind of veg out for a few hours and uh, just kind of jot some notes down about what I want to do. And it's good. It's healthy just to kind of like, I won't say like meditate on this, but to like look it over and like even to say quarterly or monthly open this notebook back up and look at it and be like, oh yeah, this is what I'm like, this is what I'm doing. And this is, oh man, maybe we've like gone a little bit off course. And so you need to do a little bit of course correcting. This will definitely show you that. Or you can say, like, so for instance, I made, and like many of you, I think the first time I started talking about this was 2019, that y'all needed to start doing this. And so you wrote down 2020 business plan. Well, guess what? For most of us, the 2020 business plan was pretty much uh, do what you can to keep afloat. And maybe some of you cut your rates. Maybe some of y'all shut down for a short while. Uh, maybe some of y'all had the best year you'd have ever had, um, and it's like you know what? This isn't all, like this is this is a very like flexible thing that you can kind of fudge around with. So that's kind of me. That's kind of my first one. I know it was like a hell of a monologue thing. We're at like. <laughs> Oh, no, we, we talked for a long time after we pushed record. I was like, I'm looking at this at 45 minutes. I'm like, well, no way we're at 45 minutes right now. Um, so anyway, uh, that is, that's pretty much my number one, but it's like my biggest one. And if any of y'all want that, DM me or I can put that in the liner notes of this podcast. But I'll be harping that pretty much leading up until the end of the year. So Sam. Matt. What else you got? Well, um... I have each year, I mean, kind of similar to what you were saying about competition or examining your competition, I use the uh, the term USP. So what is your unique selling proposition? This will be the thing that makes you, quote unquote, different from your competitors. Mm-hmm. Um, so every year I kind of reevaluate what my USP is within my business and what I offer. And then I kind of look around and see what other people or what I think their USP is. Um, and this I is, do this too. I, did, I, I didn't know there was like a little thing for it. I like oh, this. Yeah. So I, I do that. Um, I find it to be helpful. It brings clarity always to what I do. I've been doing this sort of like USP thing for about three years. Um, to be honest, I didn't do it before that. I didn't really think, I didn't think specifically enough. I think now that I'm talking out loud about this episode, there's a big uh, resounding, resonating word, which is specific. <laughs> like coming into next year, be specific about what you want. With USP mm-hmm. for me, um, when I was working through it, this is kind of an exercise you do. I feel like when you create a company or a brand is like when you're making a business plan, you have to get super specific on what it is that you do and sell and how that differs from the other people in your market. But for many years, I just viewed myself as a master engineer. And then when I started to break it down into like, 
Um, I can't remember what people say. It's like you should be able to explain your your pitch or your business to like a second grader or something, or in like ten words or yeah, less. Yeah, I always say like if you can't if you can't explain something to a to a kindergartner, right? Then you don't know. Yeah. What, then you don't really know that topic. Right. And I've found mastering specifically, even within the music industry, people don't even know what it is. Like people that are in the industry making records. How would don't you describe understand. it to a five year old? Well, how I would describe it to a five year old, I don't know if I have, <clears throat> I don't know how smart the five year old is. But what I do, it's two things is I help bands finish <clears throat> records. So that's one sentence. And then the second is I bring peace of mind. So I don't know if a five-year-old will understand that. They might understand like I help finish records or I help finish help bands finish records. Um, but I found that to be simple enough in the professional world with adults, especially within the music industry, or if I meet someone, I remember I, I said that one time at the airport when I got sat next to somebody or I didn't get sat next to, I had assigned seating. But I remember talking to the guy and he asked what I did. And I remember I basically said, I help, you know, bands finish records. And he was like, oh, that's awesome. Like he understood. And then I said, you know, and I'm a master engineer. That's that's kind of the title. But I found for many years when I said I'm a master engineer, people, a lot of people think it's like an actual engineer engineer, like in construction or something, or they don't under they don't know it has to do with audio. So I'm constantly within my USP trying to simplify and clarify what it is I do, what it is I sell, um, and how that differs from other people. And I, I mean, I've told my USP essentially to a lot of people who've said it on here, you know, what does a master engineer, engineer do? The peace of mind thing is maybe what I've observed to be what we all offer that's unique. If you want to stand out um, from a crowd of people offering their services, the client really wants peace of mind. They want to know that you're going to do the job, do it well, do it on time, do it on budget. That's peace of mind. And there are a lot of my clients I know that work with me over going to a larger, potentially more established place because I bring them peace of mind. I solve little problems quicker, faster, more consistently uh, than the larger places they could go to um, that essentially mm-hmm. on paper are way more credible in theory than me because of mm-hmm. the 30, 40 years business they've had. So the USP take time to uh, look over your business coming into 2022. Also, if 2021, you know, I always try to, tell people too, and I do this in my own businesses, when you have a successful project, when you have like that perfect client exchange, I always look back on that and I go, how did that happen? Where did the client come from? What was the exchange like? What was the budget talk like? What was the feedback like? What was the expectations like? Usually you can trace back and go, oh, it's this type of client. They have, oh, they have full budget or, oh, they had this. Oh, they were a referral from a last client or, oh, they heard me on a podcast, oh, this, this, and this. And you can start to trace kind of like, here's my actual demographic that comes to me. Um, Here are the people that actually really like my services. They like my USP. So that's something I think that's really important for people to do 
in their business. You can look back this past year and then going into 2022, you can continually clarify, like I'm still thinking about what I said earlier of like, I'm always thinking about, you know, is there something more than peace of mind? Is there something more or different we do, I do as a master engineer that's more than just helping bands finish records? The more I can kind of beat that up and simplify it once again, maybe I eventually will get it down to where a child could understand it really, really well. Um, you know, I think that's helpful to the business. Um, one other thing that I think is super important going into the next year and every year is you need to have a mentor slash community. I have that written down. Like you will not make it alone in this industry. You will not make it alone year after year sustainability <clears throat> without having mentors and community to help you. That's a lot of what I'm talking about today came directly from a couple mentors I have that I've just kind of stumbled upon over the last 10 years who have graciously once a month, once a quarter, depending on who it is, will meet with me. And it's usually me, once again, being very consistent and proactive, being like, hey, can we talk for one hour on October 27th from 3 to 4 p.m.? You know, Or here's three dates that I would like to talk to you for one hour. <clears throat> especially when you're talking to usually a mentor, they're usually probably busier than you. In theory, they probably have a bigger business than you. They've uh, already done what you're trying to do in theory. Um, so I always try to pitch very specific parameters so they know what they're committing to. That's just a little tip. Um, but yeah, you need a mentor. If you don't have people in your life that are way beyond uh where you currently are, you're going to constantly just be kind of like shooting in the dark. Like there are literally people, you know, me and Matt are even mentors to other people. And I think everyone should be a mentor, um, a micro mentor on some level to the people around them. But there are literally experts <clears throat> in just about everything business you can imagine. There are experts who have been mastering for 30, 40 years. There's experts who can help you with taxes, with planning, with objectives, with goals, with USP. Like, go find help. It's out there. It's also in books, which books are like so underrated. Like, <laughs> just, you could, you can read like someone's literal like wisdom of their whole company for like $20. Like, you can read the greatest minds in business, the books they've written for like, 20 bucks. And that's crazy. Like the return on books is insane. The return on value you get from books is crazy. Um, so I just become more and more of a reader each year. Um, so those are some more things. I have a few other things written down, but I want to hand it back to you, Matt, before I keep rambling. <laughs> so what do you else know what do you my have? wife yes. describes? Like if she has to explain to someone what mastering is, yeah. do you know what she says? What? She says, and this isn't like obviously like a five-year-old wasn't around for this, but like if you were five around this time, you would totally get it is, I don't know if I was, I wasn't five when this happened. I was probably like 12 or something, but it was, do you remember when, um, do you remember Disney, like the quality of Disney, like when Pixar came out, like Toy Story 1 and how much Toy Story One, like the like the the animated graphics of it, kind of blew your mind for the time. Yep. She's like, that's the difference between mixing and mastering. <laughs> Is 
Is Disney? It's like, yeah, okay, yeah, it was, it was, it's great. But then like Pixar comes along, and you're just like, holy crap. Yeah. And <clears throat> that's how she describes it. I I describe it as like, if it's like, if I'm talking to like a person who knows something about cars, it's like the difference between like washing a car and waxing a car. It's like washing a car, like it's going to look good, but it's like if you like, it's like actually like putting like a like a nice little sheen on things and stuff like that. And but that's that's what I normally say is like it's the difference between like washing and waxing a car. But nine times out of ten, if someone has like no idea what mastering is, I generally default to I help bands finish records. Yeah. So that's what that that's is. Great. Um. So. What I would say as far as business prep for 2022, um, it's a tiny bit of a tangent. And um, it's maybe you need to take what you're doing as a hobby and you need to actually formalize it into a bit of a business. And no time is a better time to do that than, say, the beginning of a year. And so maybe you're treating what you're doing as a hobby and that's fine. But if you ever needed to do something like what Sam was saying, like go to a bank for a loan or, um, I mean, contract will build you anything if you're, if you're not a business. Um, but if you ever needed to borrow money, if you ever, like even like looking, if you've only been a business for, I, most places won't look at you to lend you money as a self-employed person. They say, and by they, I mean banks, they won't do it for anything that's been a business under two years. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? I've had several businesses that are two years old and they still won't lend you money, even right. if your stuff looks really good. <laughs> so you, I would say get that thing formed as quickly as possible. And then if you're going to ask for money, you need to be showing a profit on paper and paying taxes appropriately for like at least two, three, four, five years yeah. before, like, because like a bank's going to want to see that, like, why would they want to loan money to somebody that on paper, even though, yeah, you're paying your bills and you're doing all this stuff, but it's like, if you're on paper in the red, they're not going to want to, they're not going to want to loan money to you. So it's like, you have to kind of plan this thing out. And that's what, like, my whole thing with the business plan is, is if on year five, you say, I want a legit space and I want, like, an, a, like a really good build out and stuff and it's going to cost you, like, 20, 30, however many thousand dollars, if you're going to do that and you're going to go to a bank for this type of um, a loan, then you need at that point to make sure that you're starting to show a profit and paying your taxes accordingly. And so... We have several episodes on how to set this up. There's an episode uh, a little while back, not many, maybe like 10 or 15 episodes. That's, uh, I think it's called like the money episode or something or the money talk. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but we pretty much tell you like the whole gamut about how to get like set up. And it's like all the awkward talking stuff about money. We pretty much go over there. But the short and dirty of it all is you're going to go back and forth on whether or not you want to be like a sole proprietorship or... Like, God, please do not form a partnership with anything. Um, I know a lot of people give Dave Ramsey shit, but one of my favorite things he says is, uh, um, the only ship you don't want to get on is a partnership. <laughs> and uh, I could I could not agree more. So from having a partnership or several in the past, um, it never really susses out as well as you think it will. 
And if you do, however, get into hop onto that type of ship, make sure that you have it very, very um, formalized as far as like legal structure is concerned about like what is what, who owns what, and does whatever. So don't do a sole proprietorship. I pr- please don't do a partnership. Do some type of an LLC. And from an LLC, you can then define like the different shareholders and stuff like that if you have multiple people going in on something. Um, but an LLC, more importantly, separates um, your business money and your business liability from your personal money and your personal liability. So you're making sure if something happens and something's weird and something's screwy, that you personally are not going to be taking the hit and all the liability falls on that. And so you, it's, it's really easy. You, it's like, a, at least in the state of South Carolina, it's $110. I know my wife just, my wife just made another one and she's like, okay, yeah, I want to do this. She's like, what do I do? And I was like literally laying in bed. She's on her computer. I said, okay, go to scsos.gov. South Carolina Secretary of State.gov. Like Tennessee, you can probably do tnsos.gov. And okay, Tennessee Secretary of State. Okay, go to entity search. Look up your business entity and what you want to name. Does anyone else have a name close to that? No. Perfect. Then you go into entity registration, and it's nice because on the state of South Carolina now, you don't really have to do it. You can do it all there. You used to have to send in a, a paper form, but now you can do everything. You used to have like send in a check and everything, and it was annoying. But she's over here filling out her uh, articles of organization, all this stuff, and this was fantastic. It was two different offices at one time. One time, and so she did that. She paid the hundred and ten dollars. They reply back. Uh, congratulations, and they can send you a certificate if you want, if that's important to you. And you also get your EIN, your employer employer identification number. It's like the social security number for your business. You can then take that in your articles of incorporation, organization, whatever they're going to call it, and you take it to the bank. And then you can open up a bank account for your business. And you do... Um, there's normally like a minimum fee that you have to go with. If you go to the big banks, I highly recommend do not go with a big bank. A lot of people like big banks. I don't recommend big banks. I like small banks because if you ever need to get into a lending situation, uh, big banks, what you need to do is you need to fit in a box for that big bank. And guess who's not going to fit in the box for the big bank at year two, three, four, or five? That's you. Mm-hmm. Um, however, small small businesses or small uh, bank branches um, are all about lending and they're all about like getting like community things like on their feet. And so if if you ever need to do something financially as a small business, going to your local credit union, going to whatever, make sure you have an operating account with them. And that's what you operate out of. You don't have to have one bank, but um, I'm all for having multiple banking relationships um, because you can say, hey, so and so I was, I'm, and you like p- propose this loan thing to them. Hi, I'm looking at getting a loan for this. And I am um, going to offer this to you as well as my other banks. Um, would you be interested in bidding out this loan? And do you see how I just turned the table on that banking relationship and how they work for you now and you don't work for them? So, um, yeah, I highly recommend small banks, small federal credit unions, doing all that stuff with Um and that's that little nugget. We need to do more finance episodes. Yeah, we I feel should. like those are a pretty big. I have like I have so many different things that like I could tell you what to do, and it just really worked well for me. And like other things that I've done, and yeah, just don't do shit with big banks. Big banks really <laughs> suck. Um, 
And well, the the biggest thing too is normally you need like a minimum balance. And so like Wells Fargo is like, they'll raise it and stuff like that. So it's like my cigar shop used to have a Wells Fargo account. It'd be like $250 or $500. And it's like, if you had a really big PO, you had to pay off um, ordering cigars or whatnot. And you go below $250 or something. Because remind you, like the only reason they say you can't go below that amount is because they're loaning out stuff in that account. And then they're, and if they're like taking out other loans based on accounts that they have, they have to at least guarantee a certain amount in all of their business account holding accounts. So if you are the one who's breaking that, then guess what? They're not going to pay the fee based on their accounts, not making sense to whoever they're doing stuff with. You're paying the fee based on that. So big banks suck. Please, please don't do stuff with big banks. Um, but it's like, so you have that hobby to business and then like getting your finances straight, like we just talked about. Yeah. Um, I think like another thing is like um, something that should be important to you is looking at what your KPIs are for your personal business. Um, a KPI is a key performance indicator that tells you that you are doing a good job or maybe you're not doing a good job. A big one for me is do you have return clientele? Um it does, I don't really care how many clients you have. How many return clients do you have? And yeah, they, like, like I said earlier, they may go off to go do like another record with somebody else, and that's fine. But if you have, if like you don't have return clients, like time and time and time again, maybe there was something there. Not that you need to go ask them or explore it or be all awkward about it, but be like, okay, well, maybe there was something there. This is like a little like mental data point of. Maybe I need to, like, maybe I need to do a little, not soul searching, but maybe I, you know, a few glasses of scotch later. And oh, yeah, that's probably why they weren't there. Cause <laughs> it's like, I, all I did at that point is, uh, is like, you know, like, what's, what's it called? You do the, you make, you make the smiley face out of the, out of the mix to make the, make the cheap master. <laughs> so you just have like the shelves on both ends and you, Make it make it sound all happy. Well, maybe yeah, maybe it was too bright and there was too much bass. Didn't translate. I was in a crap room. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe you reach back out to that band, be like, like, hey, just want to catch up with y'all, see what y'all are doing, or maybe that producer, or whatever's going on. Maybe it was a toxic relationship. Maybe it's something that like kind of like you know the the fate of the universe decided to close that relationship, and maybe it's not worth diving in on. Anyway, that's a key performance indicator. Okay. So like, make a few of those for yourself and kind of like suss out. Like what all is there? So, um, Sam, as far as timing for me, by the way, yes, I'm like good up until like maybe like five thirty. I don't know how long we've been recording, but a little while. You, I, yeah, I know you have a lot more though. I have a few more things I would just want to mention for sure. I don't have to. Model yeah, on. I don't care. I don't, and it's like five thirty for me. Okay, cool. <laughs> not five thirty for you. That's an hour and a half. I was like, that's too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not that long. But you, you can. I, I don't. I don't really mind if you want to elaborate any years. Yeah, I just have a few other things, and then we can wrap, um, or I can wrap at least. Yeah, no rush. Coming in, <laughs> I'm not going to leave and be like, "All right, yeah, you take care <laughs> of the rest. You take care of this one." I could wrap an episode though if we ever need to do that. Now I'm thinking about it. You um, did it. Yeah, you did it like one or two episodes ago, it's and true. then you said, "I never want to do this." Yeah, again. I would prefer not to. Um, I like doing it, so it's okay. It's great. I would say kind of on the the lending thing, I have written down, like, if you don't have it already, you need to build your team. And your team, to me, when I talk about that, is like, who's your accountant, you know, CPA, who's your lawyer, and who's your banker or lender? 
And that Very is just like the three things that I found um, that I had to have in order for my business to grow. You will have to have all those things and, and beyond. Like I have a tax attorney as well um, that helps structure kind of my assets now and the business assets and personal assets. Um, there are people, once again, experts that are trained to help you grow, um, help you to hit your goals. And so you have to have a team, um, especially I've found in lending, um, when, I, when I go to get a loan for, say, a, an investment property or something that I'm buying, um, and I've been dumping, for those that don't know, I've been dumping my music money into uh, real estate stuff the last few years. But one of the the main things when I go and speak with a lender, A, it is very much like Matt saying, is like trying to um, turn the tables on them to essentially they need you and you know it's a gift for them to loan you money basically. But when I approach it's them... It's not turning the tables. <laughs> it's like well, you're, just, you're just essentially saying this is what this relationship right, is. Yeah. Would you like to be a part of this deal I'm putting right. together? Um, but I always, in the initial email, say, hey, here, you know, you want two years, blah, blah, where's your application, whatever standard stuff they want. They want to run a credit report. But I always up front go, here's, you know, a list of my team. Here's my accountant's email and phone number. Here's my lawyer's, uh, you know, phone number. And here's my, you know, previous lenders that I've worked with. And that has always the last, and I haven't always done that. I've done that for the last three deals I've done. But doing that up front and just saying, if you've got any questions over you know, the business, how it's set up, structured, if you've got any questions about the returns, you know, you've got any, you know, how we've structured the, you know, the properties. And this will be relevant to your studio too, because you might, you might find too down the road, if you're running a studio and then you offer, you offer other services within the studio, the studio might become like the parent company and then you might have an offshoot of like your production company or your songwriting company. There are different things, once again, you can structure within your business um, to where it can be very uh, beneficial to you for tax benefits or even protection um, for you and your clients. But anyway... Yeah, I'd go... I'd yeah. err more towards the protection of that because right. it's like... It's like even like like for you, so it's like property and stuff like that. It's like, I don't know, it's like like one of the places where I'm in right now is like 359 Wando Place. It's like, okay, well, I would have that be its own 359 Wando Place LLC. Right, exactly. And it's like 123 Main Street LLC. Right. It's like you want each one to be separate. Like same with like the studio. If you have like like a mixing part of it and like a production part of it, it's like and if there's a once again like a partnership or something going on there, it's like I would separate as much as possible. Right. So yeah, so that's all part of like, you know, things just to be aware of like, you need a team. You need for sure an accountant and a lawyer and a lender. And you can have multiples too, usually. I mean, you can have multiple lenders yeah. and multiple lawyers that specialize in different things. And accountants, I don't know. For me, I have one, but I've gone through four or five at this stage. And I found one finally that thus far I really liked the last few years or last two years here. Um, but anyway, those are things you need to be thinking about. Even if you're like, oh, I'm not even like making enough money you need to form relationships. That is what business is all about. Business is about relationships. Your 
your music, once again, is just a small part of how successful your business will be. And you can go right now to a local bank and just say, hey, my business is growing. I'm shopping for a lender. I'm looking with, you know, for someone I can work with on a long-term basis. I'm interested in the services you have and wanting to see if you want to be a part of it. Like simple things like that have a 20-minute meeting. And maybe it's just like some local person who's just like filling the role of like lender, you know, at the bank. But you're going to start to learn things and they're going to even ask you questions that I promise you, you will not know the answer to Mm -hmm. Uh, those first three, four, five meetings you have with lenders. And that's fine. That's all normal. Um, I was there. I used to know nothing about any of this. And you just have to go through kind of this like humble presentation. You can still educate yourself on how you want to communicate with lenders of like, hey, I'm shopping for a lender or something like that. That's not as desperate sounding. But just start the relationships because if you start it now, then when when you really need it, that kind of initial kind of like icebreaker has been has been made and it's easier to get someone to say yes. So to your loan or whatever you're trying to pitch to them. Um so that's really important. Have your team, accountant, lawyer, lender. Um, well, the nice, yeah, go ahead. If you're moving on, I have one thing about that. Yes, go. Yeah. The nice thing about like having a team is like if you have like a weird issue, you totally just call up your accountant Correct. and you're like, hey, what's going on with this? Right. Or it's like, and it's like they can tell you, it's like, hey, should we run this whole like P&L, profit and loss statement for this bank on a cash or an accrual basis. Correct. He'll know exactly what they need and what like you should do. Yep. And generally with a bank, you just don't want to give them any more than you want to give them. Right. Um, or any more than they need. Um, with a real quick, also like know the difference between an accountant and a CPA. Um, an accountant can more ha- help you with like tax strategy and stuff like that. And a CPA, while they're good, um, just know that that is a registered agent of the IRS. And so they can like sign off on everything and like like they put uh, their signature on this saying that like this is like, this is it. This is like, I, I am like a registered agent for the IRS with all this stuff and this this stuff is final and and good and ready to go. And so it just kind of, and like they're not necessarily as flexible, but you know, if it's what you need, it's what you need. And so we write, like for my other company, we have a, a CPA and that's who I do everything with. Sam, you also have a CPA. Correct. Um, um, as far as bankers and stuff like that go, as I said, have a bunch of them. Um, but it's like just to be able to like call somebody up and um, just have a conversation with them annually about how you're doing. Hey, is there anything I can do for you? It's like, maybe put the bug in their ear about your business plan. Right. Yeah, you know, I was looking at, uh, it, I don't know, kind of like expand, doing a little bit of like equipment modification to my studio, maybe getting like, like maybe upgrading my setup and stuff like that just so like I can like offer a better service to my clients. I don't know if that'd be something you'd be interested in, but... That's just kind of something I'm looking at. I don't, I don't know. It's like, can we uh, potentially put something together next year, see what that looks like? And you just put the bug in their ear really early. And so it's like literally just a friend that you can kind of call up and just talk about. Yep. Then they bring you by paperwork and then you got money in your account. Right. It's <laughs> kind of, that's just, that's literally how business works. Yep. But it works better if you're with a small bank because a big bank wants to fit in a box. Small banks will generally, I think this is a point I was trying to make earlier, small banks will generally do the underwriting in-house yeah. as opposed to having to send it off to a corporate office. Yep. Um, and they want they want 
you to fit in their box generally. Um, and then lawyers, I mean, it's always good if something's happening just to either ask them a question or whatnot. They're expensive. Try to leave them alone as much as possible, not to bug them. Right. But who are, who are you at four? You had a banker, a lawyer, an accountant. What was your other one? Well, I have a tax attorney now who is different than uh, CPA. Um, oh, okay. So that's someone. So that's where like my properties are in a trust. That's where that's they are smart. instead of an LLC. And it's uh, just unique to Tennessee, the type of trust they offer for Tennessee. Another reason why Tennessee oh. is an awesome state. Um, I don't want to say Tennessee much more. Tennessee is an awesome state. But that's, yeah, <laughs> that's how that works. Um, but yeah, you need to have, anyway, have those on. things. Okay, the last thing I really have found to be helpful is, um, and this goes right into the hands or circles into like a lender. If you're, if you're speaking to a lender or anyone who then turns you down, my response to people that turn me down in the business world or things is always, well, do you have a referral for me? That phrase, sentence, do you have a referral for me, almost always works out. Like when I've done home reno stuff or whatever, and a contractor's like, I can't get to it or I'm over budget, I would just say, well, do you have a referral for me? And almost every time they know someone else who will do it or could do it potentially, at least someone else, a lead basically, that I could talk to someone else who maybe does side jobs or you know knows another contractor, another sub or something like that. And that just, anytime I get rejected, essentially, I just ask people in the professional world, well, do you have a referral for me? Because a lot of the times when you get rejected, you're actually, potentially, you've just asked the wrong company, the wrong person, the wrong type of loan. Like, and people just reject you or say, like, you're not approved or I can't do it because they assume you know who you've come to talk to. And that's what I found with like loans and and stuff for like real estate and different structuring of loan terms and whatnot and portfolio loans and trusts and all that. I had to learn quickly, oh, a lot of the times when I've gone to get help from a company or a lawyer or CPO or the even the type of lawyer, you know, having oh, yeah. the wrong type of lawyer who's like, I don't practice this. And they just assume yeah, you know that. Yeah, it's like a that. family practice lawyer right. and it's like, or a patent lawyer. Right. It's like, well, you don't need that. Exactly. So when someone's like, I can't help you, we often just shut down and we're like, oh, I guess I'm stuck. Like, But just ask people, well, do you have a referral for me? Usually they will. Usually they will go, oh yeah, I got so-and-so who does this or so-and-so might be able to help you. That to me has been a big, I'll say, game changer over the last few years. And going into uh, your business, you know, I I literally only started doing this a few years ago, which was when I get done with a project with a new client, I say, hey, if you know of anyone else who you think would be a good fit for my style of mastering, send them my way. They almost always do. Like they almost always then send someone my way. For some reason, I didn't do that for like the first five years of my business. I didn't ask clients to refer people. I just assumed they would. And they don't. Not because they don't like you, but because we're just all busy and forgetful. Yeah. But as soon as you place that little seed of, hey, if you know anybody else I could be a good fit for, you know, or help serve or help bring peace of mind or whatever you want to say, then it's like the best way to close out it is a, a yeah. no. 
and every because it's like a no. That's not a no. It's right, like a exactly. no with a lead. Exactly. And that kind of like I found too in the more professional world, like with lenders and whatnot, they react differently. As soon as they say referral, they're like, "Oh, he's serious." Like. <laughs> Okay, he wants to figure this out. So that always leads to more conversation or even lenders coming back to me being like, hey, if you could structure it this way, we could approve this. Or hey, if you want that term, we need to do this. Like putting out to people when you say like, do you have a referral for me is really saying like, hey, I just want you to let you know I am going to do this thing I'm saying I'm doing. And if you're just not going to be a part of it, I guess. But someone else will be. Like, for a professional person, they start going, well, what the heck? He's going to keep going after this. Well, the plan did sound good. Like, let me think about this more. So anyway, that's kind of my last thing. Do you have a referral for me within your business, within professional that thing? That so good. Yeah, that's, that's one I, like, started doing a couple of years ago, and it's, it's <laughs> awesome. So... That's where I want to end it. That's plenty. Like for 2022. That's like, that's the mic drop of ending it, it though. <laughs> that one's really good. I love it. I've used it a few times. I don't know why I haven't, why I haven't done See, that more. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah, I don't that's know. That's the best way to get a no. There you go. Boom. Yeah. I, and it's like, I don't think like a lender is necessarily like you, you, like if you're going for like a lender or something like that, like you have to have your stuff together. Right. <laughs> You can't just like half-ass like a like a like a like a loan package or something right. like that, because it's still going to go through underwriting right. and it's still going to like you're going to like <laughs> underwriting's like getting the blue glove treatment by TSA. It's like it's pretty awful. You're getting a full cavity search, so it's like it, like if there's something that's like not supposed to be there, they're going to see it. Right. Don't get me wrong. It's like you own your business and like that. The scary thing, <laughs> I had a I had a, a loan officer early on. And say like, oh yeah, we'd kind of like to see this here, or this here. He's like, this credit card's a little bit high. I was like, oh yeah. I was like, okay, hold on a second. And I go on my phone and I just completely pay it off. I was like, okay, here you go. Exactly. It's completely paid. Yep. And uh, and they're like, yeah, that's why it's scary to do business with you. And it's like it's scary to do people who would do business with people who are like self-employed because you can manipulate the numbers that much. Right. Not that that's manipulation. That's like okay, yeah, I was just using this for operational, right. like cash like to free that up but you know to be able to yeah okay yeah this thing that was thrown thrown off my credit when you want me to come back when's your report going to be reflecting this so yeah I don't know but like I said you still have to have all of your all of your stuff together and even though like you might be climbing up like like the wrong tree or something like that. Just being able to go up to somebody and say, "Okay, well, do you do you like have any other reference? Here's here's the here's the trump card with all this." You go up to that other person and you say like who they recommend and you say, "Hey, so and so recommended I speak with you." Mhm. So that's the trump card because right. they now think that their friend thinks that you're uh, you're a good fit for them, which right. you might be, but they may be just trying to get you off their back. Right. But uh, it's in, in theory, it's like you're able to you're able to name drop in a pretty good way because this person just gave you a referral. Right. So I don't know. I think all all of that is really good. I think that's a good uh, little beefy thing you can listen to a few times if you need to. And uh, before our season finale, I think we got a cool one coming up. Do you remember what we're gonna do for the season finale? Well, I I know what I think we want to do. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. I think it's gonna be good. 
I'm excited about it, to be honest. I think it's going to be good. I don't know if people so, will care, but <laughs> it'll be fun for us. We've had we've had a lot of questions kind of steer that way, and I feel like it may not be the most popular episode, but I think it'll answer a lot of questions. I think it'll bring a lot of like value to people, and that's really what I think we're here for. Yep. And so that's that. Anyway, if you liked what we said, if you can go over to iTunes, Google, whatever, wherever you're listening to this thing, give us some stars, some likes, some thumbs up, preferably five of those, and a comment. You can shoot us an email, DM, and reach out. This sweet Christmas-like beat hanging around in the background, all the bells and ho-ho-hos and, I don't know, reindeer. That was made by the one and only Sam Moses at BeesBeats.com. If you like one, you can you, you like one, one of the beats, you can go buy one. We have, I think this is, I have no idea what episode this will be. This is episode 25 of this season. Um, the one that just aired would be 103. Then I think I have two, do I have two scheduled or one scheduled? I don't know. Anyway, this will be like under 110. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, he hasn't repeated one of these. So if you can go give that some likes or buy one or whatever you can do with that. Uh, let's see. What else do I normally say? <laughs> we missed last week. Oh, and the week before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, I guess, I guess if you need a mastering engineer, <laughs> uh, Sam can be found at Moses Mastering. I can be found at For the Record Mastering. We respond well to DMs and emails and all that stuff, and we try to get y'all where you're going. Or just say, hey. Anywho, morning, afternoon, evening, whatever y'all are having, have a darn good one. See y'all at the finale. woo <laughs> Bye. Have a Merry Christmas. I'm cute. Whatever the hell you're having. All right, yeah, cue it. I'm cueing it. <laughs> Did I tell you to cue it? Not yet. All right. Maybe a few more seconds of this? Just a few. Like the bells. No, lots of bells. Yeah, we got it. Don't worry. Like children singing in the background, like elves jumping around. We got those bells. Anyway, cue the music sound. Okay. See y'all. Attack Early Show listeners. Ho, ho, ho.